Amen. Church, you may be seated. I just want to thank the, the worship team for, for that. That was really good. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Frankie. I used to be the college and young adult minister here about like a month ago. Um, and I'm back. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm still at Waco. But for those of you that don't know, I actually, we're, we're in this like transition plan. God called us to go to Waco and, and work with a church over there. But before that happened, what you guys don't know is that we actually prep the sermon series probably like three to six months before any one of us comes up here and, and, and preaches. So Pastor Julio had already scheduled me in, and when we are going through this transition period, I was like, hey, Pastor Julio, I would still love to, to do that and be here at my home church and just be able to share with you guys. So I'm here. Uh, welcome. Um, and and, and I, I hope I'm welcome. But uh, for I feel like there's a lot of new people, and, and I know it's only been like a month, but I just want to do this real quick. To the person next to you, just introduce yourself. Just say your name. Uh, you don't have to get up or anything. If you're married to them, you can still do that also as well. It's fine. But uh, also, uh, before I keep on going and blabbering, if we have any kids that are from first through sixth grade, uh, I know our kids, many of them are at, at camp, but any first through sixth graders, we still have a Bible study for you guys. So over here, Dara and Angel are going to be helping with that. Any first through sixth grade, we ask you guys to come. And I just love seeing how, how they come and run and, and run away from my preaching. But, um, okay, first to sixth graders. But as, as we're going, introduce yourselves to the person next to you. Uh, now you guys know each other. I don't know you guys, so I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourself to me. So on three, what I, what I need you guys to do is just say your name. Okay, so I'm going to say one, two, three, and you guys shout your name to me, okay? So one, two, three. Awesome, awesome. We are family. Uh, I know you guys now, so I expect to be invited to eat after, after this is over. You know, I'll see you at your house, uh, and, and I also expect house keys. But no, I'm really excited to be here. I'm just excited to conclude this sermon series. I dropped this. Um, We've been going through the series called Freedom, and we looked over the last few weeks on freedom for singles, you know, that, that they're not second-class citizens, but that they are key members of the church. And then the next week, we saw freedom for our dads during Father's Day. And then just, you know, I'm a dad, and, and I get excited about Father's Day, but just know, dads, that you guys are vital and key when it comes to the, to the faith and development in your families. Uh, then we also saw freedom for marriages, and we see how that's like a, like a great representation of what God in our relationship should look like in, in the marriage. Uh, and then last week, we saw freedom for families, and we got to learn and see how there's families here at Calvary that are on mission, and that from the mom and the dad all the way to the youngest child, we see how they're using their gifts and their abilities to serve um, the church and the community. So today... We're going to conclude the series, and it's freedom for seniors. Um, 
when Pastor Julio asked me to, to do this, I was really excited. I was like, yes, I used to be a youth pastor. So in May, every year, right after graduation, I would do a message to seniors. Um, then I realized that it wasn't 17 or 18 year olds that I was, that we're talking about, but we're actually talking about our senior adults. Uh, but I was still excited to be here. Uh, I'm still going to do the same message I did with, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm just excited to be here. And I'm going to ask you guys to go to Joshua 14.6. And, and as you go there, um, I, I just, I'm reminded of back in 2014, my wife and I, we went to the most magical place in Florida, you know, Disney World. You know, we, and we went in 2014, or I saw, look, there's a picture of us there with the castle. It's pretty awesome. Um, as, as we were there, I, I call it 2014 or 4 BC, you know, before children. We went without kids. It was awesome. I think we want to go again without kids. But we had a blast at Disney, and, and we were there for about two weeks. But something that I found really interesting was that as we were meeting some of the workers or cast members, as they call them, there was a lot of people in their 60s, in their 70s, or even in their 80s that were working part-time there at Disney. You know, just like any good retiree, they couldn't stay retired for so long and they got a part-time job and they decided to be the coolest grandparents, you know, and work at Disney and be able to get free tickets to Disney. But it was just a joy and a pleasure to be either be driven or be greeted or different jobs there at Disney. And, and I, it got me thinking and I told my wife back, you know, I was 25 years old, back like five years ago. I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to retire and move to Disney and like be the cool grandpa, right? Like have a one up on the other set of grandparents. Um, then I learned a little about the healthcare stuff over there in Florida and, and, and retirement and, and I was like, maybe I won't do that. But, and I told my wife, I wanna do this and I wanna do this like next year, right? I wanna retire, I can't wait to retire. I was 25 years old, I, I didn't know I had like a long time to go. But what I really want to just share is that a lot of us, are reaching this, what we consider our senior adulthood, our, this age, this new season where we are retired, we're about to be retired. And, and I really want to just remind you that, that like you're not done, you know, that God still has big plans for you and that there are amazing things that are going to happen. So Joshua 14 verse 6, we're going to pick up from, from there and it says, Then the people of Judah came to Joshua Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenesite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And in verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since that time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. 
My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. And then verse 13. Then Joshua blessed them and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. So a little bit of a backstory here for, for those of you that didn't grow up in church. If you read in Exodus a few books before this, you see how God frees the people of Israel, you know, and, and God has promised them this, this land, you know, has promised them a place. And when they get there, Moses, who's the leader of, of the people, he, he sends these spies out, you know, and the spies go and they scout the land and Caleb and Joshua bring back a report that say like, hey, like there's some people there and they, they kind of look tough, but we have a God that's bigger. We have a God that's stronger, you know, and, and we have a God that is, he's going to be faithful to his promises. Unfortunately, the other people that went with him, the other spies were like, no, they're huge. They're giants. We can't do it, anything about it. Then the nation of Israel was like, no, no. And, and, and God pretty much said like, okay, like I'm going to like mess up your GPS and make you guys be in the desert for about 40 years. And only Joshua and Caleb were really the only like adults and, and their families that were able to step into that promised land. So where we pick up here, we see that that story is in Numbers 13, but we see that Joshua has now taken over what Moses was doing. He, he's the leader. And now we have Caleb who at 85 years old, he's the leader of pretty much the largest of the 12 tribes. And, and what I really want you guys to look at is on verse 10, we see how it says, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since that time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. You know, so we see how Caleb was 40 years old when he went and spied. And then 45 years later, there he stands at 85 years old. And point number one that I just want to share with you, church, is that we have freedom for our seniors, for our senior adults to give. Um, be before I, I just continue, I kind of want to define what a senior adult is before I get in trouble. Um, so the National Health Administration says, this is what's on their website. It says, when a person reaches 65 years old, that's what they consider a senior adult. Now, I don't write the mail. I just deliver it. If you have a complaint, you can write to them. Uh, the AARP, they're, they're a little bit more like, once you're 55, you can apply. If you're early as 50, you can get some of those cool discounts, right? Um, but I really love the, this story because here we have Caleb, an 85-year-old man who like, is like, I'm still good. I'm still ready to go. I'm still as strong as I was. And, and just a little bit of stats for you guys. Also, back in the 1940s, when, when they were creating Social Security and all of that, the average life expectancy of a person was 63 years old. You know, now, last year, the average expectancy is 80. You know, and that includes infant deaths. You know, and, and, and women actually live longer than men. Uh, there's something that they're doing right, right? Um, but... It means that when you hit 65 years old, at least statistically, you probably have a good 20 years plus of life. 
you know, for many of us. And that means that there's, there's a lot of life still left once we hit 65. And I just want to encourage our senior friends that you guys are just as precious, you're just as valuable as the college student, as our single friends, as the married, young married people, as the 40 and 50 year olds that are trying to figure out what to do with teenagers. You know, you guys are just as valuable, just as important, and you guys still have so much to give when it comes to the church, when it comes to, to us. Um, and, and, and I truly believe that. You know, we see this example of Caleb. You know, he's 85 years old and he's still like, hey, I'm taking my land and I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I really like, I think like, man, I, I can't wait to be like Caleb and get to that point. And the reason why he's so strong is because he, he, he finds the same strength that he had 40 years ago, which is God. You know, and that hasn't changed. And that's what's keeping him up. And I'm pretty sure he's in really good shape too. But... Our senior adults, you guys have the freedom to give. And I'm not just talking about money. Like, like, yes, it's important and you guys help us a lot financially. But you guys can still give time. You can still give abilities. You guys can give time, uh, wisdom, and just insight that me as a young 30-some-year-old am learning how to raise a three-year-old that's, that's a little crazy and you have already experienced that. We, we are so grateful when you come back and you pour into someone like me. Um, for example, here in, in Calvary at the 930 service, there's a couple that sits right there, uh, the Villarreal's. And, and they're a couple that I, I love very dearly. Brother Dan Villarreal just celebrated 88 years, uh, like his birthday, like a few months ago. But what I really hold them close is because about 30 years ago, when my parents, when I was a one-year-old, they, they were not in a good place, you know, and they were thinking about divorce and they didn't know Christ. And this couple, 30 years ago, just poured into my parents' life. You know, they took the time, they took the patience, I'm sure they took some financial support and gave it to them. You know, and they just loved on my parents and pretty much pointed them to Christ. And it completely changed my family tree. And then about eight years after that, you know, Sister Villarreal, she's the one that taught me piano at church. I remember going to lessons with me. I was probably like nine years old. It was me and her grandson. And she would get after me because I wouldn't work on my chords. Uh, and I know I confessed like in the last service that I didn't do them well. Like she was right. Um, but she took that ability and that gift and just poured it into me. And because of that, years later, it led to me having a love for music, a love for worship that has just allowed me to serve here with worship, serve here with music. And it's just because they were faithful and they were obedient and they used their gifts and their abilities to love on my family and love on me. Our, our senior adults, I'm really talking to you guys right now. Like you guys still have gifts. You guys still have abilities. You guys still have wisdom and you guys can still use it. And, and you can be of impact to other people that, it, and it, like, just like they were to me. Um, and I just want to remind you guys. And, and honestly, church, like giving, giving money is, is easy. 
It's, it's honestly, it's like you give money, giving time, giving gifts, giving abilities, giving wisdom. That, that's a little harder because it gets a little messier. You get to have to know people and know what they're going through. But we so desperately need it. We so desperately need for our senior adults to pour back into, into us that are a little younger and, and, and just are looking and craving that. So I just want to encourage you, church, you know, you still have the freedom to give. So point number one, there is freedom for our seniors to give. Point number two, there is freedom to empower our seniors. So I love how in verse six, if you read it, it says, then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, or Hilgal, whatever you say it. I think in Spanish sometimes. It's funny, like, it's not just Caleb coming up to Joshua as an 85-year-old and making the request. It's the people of Judah coming along with Caleb for this request. Us as a church, us that are not senior adults, we are called to empower those that are senior adults. You know, we're, empower, we're called to come alongside them and encourage them and remind them that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that they have gifts and abilities that they can give. Um, I imagine, you know, like if you look at it, just, you know, the young men that maybe Caleb discipled and now were husbands and, and fathers, or the young ladies that saw how Caleb for the last 40 plus years treated his wife and said, like, this is how a godly man should treat a wife. You know, these are the people that came alongside Caleb. Um, and and, and, and we, we need to do that, you know. And, and I'm just going to speak some, I'm going to use some improper English. I'm going to speak some truth to y'all right now. But many times we ignore our senior adults the way we ignore children when they're speaking to us. You know, there, there's many times where, where we just sown them out or we don't listen to them. And, and God doesn't call us to do that. And, I, and I've been guilty of that at times. And, and, and we need to stop doing that. We need to, where our senior adults come alongside of us and they feel encouraged by us. They feel that they are valued because we're taking the time to look at them and listen to them. And, and church, I just want you guys to, to continue to do that and just encourage you and even push you a little bit in that. You know, like when's the last time you've taken the time to encourage your grandparents, you know, or your great-grandparents or your great-uncles or aunts or just another church member that is in their 70s or 80s. And I just want you guys to think about that. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do something about that. Um, I love how in the book of Ruth, if you look at the book of Ruth, you see this story of Naomi, you know, and she is the mother-in-law of Ruth. And, and pretty much she becomes in chapter three of Ruth like the ultimate matchmaker, you know. And, and I don't know how many of you all have like a matchmaking grandma or are a matchmaking grandma. You know, like you walk in and like grandma's trying to set you up with someone. Um, but this is what happens in chapter three, you know. And, and, and Naomi tells Ruth like this is what you need to wear. Put on this perfume. Wear, uh, go to this event. And then when you see Boaz... And then when he falls asleep, you're going to uncover his feet and you're going to lay down next to them, you know. And, and we're going to call it Operation Stinky Feet uh, and it's going to work. You're gonna, that's how you're going to get married. And it works. Like, I don't know how it works, but it works, you know. And, 
And it's funny because it obviously works because it's called the book of Ruth. It's not called the book of Orpah. But it's, it's really because Naomi understood the customs and the traditions and just stuff that had to go on. And Ruth, being an outsider, a Moabite that wasn't an Israelite, listened to that wise counsel of her mother-in-law, listened to that and just... And it just paid attention to her, you know. And, and like I said, church, we need to be a place where our senior adults, where they're reminded to use their gifts, you know. And this can be in children's ministry. This can be in worship, in welcome, young adults, youth, ABFs, wherever, you know. We just need to be reminding them and encouraging them and uplifting them constantly. Um, back in... Back in Waco, you know, we, we, we're moving over there and we're just kind of getting to know people. And, and it's a pretty big church and they actually have senior adult pastors. That they're, they're an older missionary couple that just is volunteering um, as that. But what they do, and is, I found it really interesting in talking to them, they have, a, they have a group where a 60 plus year old person meets every two weeks with a college student. You know, and they kind of adopted themselves, you know, as almost a grandma or grandpa of this college student. And it's really encouraging. And, and just talking to them, I was able to learn how the senior adult has just grown tremendously, just being encouraged, just being, feeling young a little bit because a college student is kind of like trying to figure out what, how to pass biology, and they think that's like the world's hardest problem in the world. Um, and the senior adult that has already raised kids and done life is, is just encouraging them. Uh, and then our college students are just growing because they have an older couple that is just pouring into them, giving them life and just giving them smart wisdom. And, and I just love it because that's what the church is. You know, it's our older generation pouring into our younger and our younger pouring into our older and, and there's just loving on each other and encouraging each other and growing with each other. And I truly believe that that's something that here at Calvary we can continue to do and continue to grow, but we need to continue to empower our senior adults. Um, point number one is that there is freedom for our senior adults to give. Point number two is that there is freedom to empower our senior adults. And then, and then the last point, and it's really to wrap up today's message and the series, is that we need to accept true freedom. You know, and, and I'm sorry if I ruined the alliteration for those of you that like that, but I, I just can't think of a good catchy title. But it's true. You know, I can talk to you guys about freedom. I can talk to you guys about how our singles can do this, how our marriages can do this, how our families can do this. But if we don't accept that true freedom that is in Christ, we're never going to be able to experience it. Um, if, you, if you have a Bible on Revelations 3.20, you know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty popular verse. But it, it, it says, behold, you know, stop looking, listen. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Did you guys know that there's three types of knocks? Yeah. There's, there's this knock. Like it's like 
you're barely knocking and you can barely hear it. Like you show up to someone's house, but you don't know if, it's that, if that's their house. So you barely touch it. If they open, great. If not, I'm an introvert and I'm running away, right? Um, then there's, the, there's this knock, the... You know, it's like kind of like family knock, like you know your friends are there. I think I woke some of you guys up right now, but um, I'm just kidding. But it's, it's kind of like you're walking in and you're going straight to their fridge. You know, you're opening and seeing what, I, what I'm going to eat. Uh, that's like the friends and family knock. And then there's the third knock, which is like, it's my new favorite knock. I can't wait to like use it. It's this one. It's the, it's like you're knocking really hard and opening the door at the same time. You know, at parents, you love to use that one. Sometimes it gets confused with the police knock. Um, you know, and, and, and there's, the, there's these three types of knocks. What I love about this verse is that we have here Jesus, and he's just knocking, you know, and he's constant about it. And he's knocking, and he's knocking, and he's not stopping. And if you're single, if you're married, if you're a senior adult, if you're a young adult, he's not stopping and he's knocking, but we have to open that door. If we want to experience freedom in Christ, we need to open that door, church. You know, if we want to begin to empower our, our senior adults and, and be empowered as a senior adult or as a single and married person, we need to open that door. We need to accept that gift that Jesus has given us because he's not going to stop knocking. But if, if we don't accept it, then, then it's, we're, gonna, we're not going to have it. I'll finish with this story. Um, there's little Susie was a six-year-old girl, you know, beautiful six-year-old girl. And she was shopping with her, with her dad. Did I guys tell you, like, my wife is going to have a girl? So I'm, like, super excited about girl things now. Um, but she was shopping with her dad at the store, you know, where they're probably, like, at a five below or dollar tree. And, and she sees this necklace, you know, this, like, $2 beautiful necklace, you know, and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, can I have it? You know, and, and just like being a good dad or just being weak for dollars, you know, he, he buys it for her, right? And it was only $2, so it wasn't that expensive. And Susie loved that necklace. Like she would wear it all the time. She would wear it when she showered. She would wear it when she went to sleep. And she just was in love with her $2 necklace. Um, her and her dad had this bedtime routine where, she, where he would go and sit by her bed and ask her, like, you know, do prayer and stuff. But after a while, the dad started asking her for one thing. He was like, Susie, can I have your necklace? You know, and, and she was like, like, like the only the way a six-year-old girl could answer. She was like, no way, dad. This is my necklace. You can have that toy over there or you can have this teddy over there. But the necklace is mine. I love it. And, and she wouldn't give it to her dad. You know, so the dad... Every night for about six weeks, we'd go through the same routine and would ask Susie for her necklace, and Susie would say no. One night, you know, as the dad is doing the, the bedtime routine and he sits down by her bed, you know, little Susie, before the dad even says anything, she just holds out her hand, you know, and, and, and with like tears in her eyes and just like, Dad, 
I know that you're going to ask me for my necklace and I want you to have it. Not because it's broken, not because I don't love it, just because I love you. You know, and, and she gives her dad that, that $2 necklace, you know, and, and the dad takes it, you know, and, and then he just looks at her and then out of his back pocket, he pulls out a bag, you know, a bag that many husbands or fathers can quickly recognize. And then out of that bag, he pulls out a real pearl necklace. And then he looks at Susie and he tells her like, honey, I've been waiting for you to give me that fake plastic stuff so I can give you the real thing. Church, I don't want you to miss this. For many of us, we haven't experienced freedom because we are holding on to the fake stuff. For many of us, we just can't let go of those things that we think it's freedom, but it's fake. It's a counterfeit. And we have Jesus who's there and he's saying like, I'm the real thing. And, and if that's you today, I encourage you, you know, you can, you can open that door. I'm going to ask the band to come up and, and, and we're going to pray. And, and I just want you to encourage you, church. You have freedom. There's this freedom that's in Christ, but we have to be willing to accept it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God. Lord, I, I know that there's people in here that have been holding on to, to just fake plastic necklaces, Lord. And, and I just pray for them that, that they come to you and that they turn and see that you are the real thing. I give you thanks for our seniors or our senior adults, Lord, that, man, they, they might feel that they're in this new stage of life and, and, and that maybe the, the glory years are behind them, Lord, but no, they're right now and you still have great things for them. I want them to be reminded and encouraged that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that they still have gifts and abilities that they can put to work. Lord, I pray for us that are not senior adults, that we are reminded constantly to, to encourage them. That we're reminded constantly to bring them alongside us and to listen to them and to make them feel valued. And then God, I, I pray that if we haven't given our life to you, God, that we open that door, that we say, God, I accept you, I, I welcome you that we say, I'm giving up this fake stuff because I want the real thing and I want to experience real freedom. Lord, thank you for today. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.